Welcome to or welcome back to Not Sorry, where I, Amy, will be interviewing empowering women from all kinds of fields that are not sorry for who they became. Today, I'd like you to meet my teammate. She's currently first in the region for junior points and first in the nation for Div 1A points. As long as placing 13th in Div 1A during summer nationals while being on an absolute fencing all academic team honoring. She's short but mighty, Zizi Newhart. So Zizi, how long have you been fencing? I've been fencing for just about 10 years, but only the last eight of them were competitive. What got you started in fencing in the first place? So the club that I'm currently at, Renaissance Fencing, actually came to my school to do a demonstration. Uh, so that summer, I signed up for some summer camps because I saw it and I was like, wow, this seems really cool. And then after that, I moved away, but now I moved back and I'm at the same club. Wait, they did a demonstration? Yeah, at my school, in the, in the gym. Um, I was like maybe eight and, and I think it was like Anne and probably some other kids and they came to the school. They should do that more often. I know, because I was like, ooh, that was cool. Okay, what are your favorite things about fencing? My favorite part about fencing would have to be that no matter what shape or size or what talent level you are, you can outsmart your opponent and win the bout. So it's really just as much of a mental game as it is physical. What's your biggest accomplishment in fencing or life in general, and how did you achieve it? I think my biggest achievement in fencing was getting to go to my first international competitions. Um, that was something that I never expected to do and something that I always look forward to now. Where was your first international competition? My first international competition was in El Salvador, um, and it was the Pan American Games in, I think, 2016. I saw that on a fencer tracker thing of a bomb. You did good in that, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I ended up like time for third I think after um knocking out like a, a higher seed so it was just like a crazy upset that was but also a lot of fun um so you have a really successful fancy career but most recently re- winning second and junior at the Remenick how did you get to where you are now you know only a couple years just like you you've only been fencing for like barely a year and you're very good and that's because of hard work but for me it's the combination of hard work and consistency that i think has really been effective what do you consider consistency for me it's not only just fencing for a long time um but challenging myself through competitions and and honestly tournaments where i know that i'm gonna get you know beat up um or Put myself in a position to lose and, and learn from it uh, and also not quit immediately after losing because I know a lot of people who get discouraged and, and want to leave the sport so that's very inspiring what challenges did you face and how did you overcome them I think you mentioned this earlier but for me my <laughs> biggest challenge it would be my height in <laughs> but I hope that I make up for it in no, yeah, I completely agree with you. I'm sure you've noticed, but at competitions, there are usually more guys than there are girls. Fencing itself is considered a male-dominated sport. Why do you think that is? How can we change that? 
I think a lot of the reason of why fencing is still male dominated is ultimately systemic. I mean, you see it through just in general, there are less women's fencers, so less women find themselves drawn to fencing. And on top of that, the women who are at a higher level find it harder to get rated, to get points. And even I've been at competitions where they're capped, meaning they only let in a certain number of fencers. And the number of guys that they let in is almost always higher than the number of girls. So overall, I think that there's a lot of things that we could do as a community to invite more female fencers, not only to the sport, but also to higher levels of fencing. They're doing that for the um, Halloween competition this weekend. They don't have a wait list for the um, men's or anything. Do you think they should be doing that? No, personally, I think it, they should have a rule that for any sanctioned events that are capped, they should have the cap between men and women's sports be the same to make it more equitable. Because I myself have had the situation where I'm trying to sign up for tournaments and it's capped, but then I look at the men's event and they still have like 10 open slots. So I, I think there's definitely inequality still uh, between men and women fencers that keep the sport male dominated. Do you think having a cap is like also a contribution why it's male dominated and why females won't aren't more likely to compete? It, it can definitely be an influence um, when people are, are sort of turned away from events. Meanwhile, like more guys have the opportunity to sign up. I mean, I think I don't know if I would consider it specifically male dominated, but it's definitely unequal between male and female fencers. Uh, like we just mentioned, there's there's a lot of issues with how the sport is marketed between men and women and who's included in the higher levels. I still think that we have a lot of very, very strong female fencers. And as a sport, compared to especially a lot of other sports, we're, I wouldn't consider us male-dominated compared to a sport like American football, where it's basically only male. But there is a lot of work to be done to make the sport uh, more equitable. You talk about female role models and um, leaders. Who's your female role model? I would say that my female role model in the sport of fencing, but also in, in life, would be Iftihaj Muhammad, who is the first fencer to, or, or first athlete actually, to compete at the Olympics and medal while wearing a hijab. Um, and after reading her autobiography and hearing her story and all of the challenges that she has had to face, and she's now an Olympic medalist and an entrepreneur, accomplished author, and just all around an amazing and inspiring person. Is it important to have a female role model to look up to? I think that it's important, but sometimes there isn't always somebody there, especially for women of color, queer women, like women who still haven't seen their part in mainstream society so i think that i think that role models can be very helpful and inspiring younger generations as we see with a lot of accomplished and successful people sometimes you have to forge your own path how do you go on forge your own path how do you start your own path i would say that starting your own path starts with a goal or a vision and then comes down to overall work ethic and how committed you are to making it a reality that's really inspiring um we talked earlier about why sports are separated like how fencing 
it's considered male dominated but how come some other sports are considered male dominated or like like football for example that's considered a male sport or ballet and dance that's considered a girl sport why do you think that is and how can we fix that and get more female role models like you said to look up to ultimately the reason why we have male and female sports dominated sports began historically sort of athletics was always off limits to to women and then once women were integrated into more mainstream athletics they still had sort of a second class position but i think that by now the reason why a lot of them are still male or female dominated is more of a systemic issue within each sporting institution and also in society in terms of their willingness to to watch and fund sports because ultimately athletics is an industry and it comes down to who's watching and where the money is and and unfortunately that tends to be more in male dominated sports that's a really good point have you ever felt like you didn't belong in the sport I think for me, I was lucky because I've only ever been at clubs that were very supportive to all of their fencers. Um, and even uh, at a club where we had more female athletes than male. Um, but I have personally witnessed a lot of the inequalities that happen within our sport. And that's the reason why I decided to join the Youth Women's Council to hopefully have more of a say in what the future of our sport looks like, especially for young younger women. There's a youth women council for fencing? Yeah, it's part of the new efforts for this year. They actually just started a few weeks ago. Um, and they made, I believe, a, a youth, a women's council, um, a black athlete council, Asian athlete council, and LGBTQ plus athlete council. So that's really cool. What are your guys' plans, if you don't mind me asking? Yeah, uh, so we only just had our introductory meeting. Uh, but for me, my biggest uh, push at the moment would be getting uh, sanitary products in all of the bathrooms at tournaments, because especially in an athletic setting, mm-hmm. not having those available uh, can be really unequal for, for men and women, uh, because it adds an unmuted stress to your athletic performance when you can't find your pad or tampon. Um, But in the future, there's plenty of possibilities to come. Um, No, yeah, that makes sense. That's, I really like that idea, to be honest. I know we're, our club, we're lucky enough to have those items and products. Case. Um, so a study done by Harvard shows that gender stereotype kills a woman's confidence. Do you think that's true? Some, for some reason, limit yourself or feel the need to stop because it's unconventional. And I think that through especially media advertising and the people around us, those stereotypes can get ingrained subliminally. Uh, and that's what's scariest is when you start to check yourself on stereotypes. Do you think um, that's common in the fencing world? I think we can definitely see that in the fencing world. I mean, especially the stereotypes of women being emotional um, and how men are 
thought of as as not as capable or like strong yeah and how the only emotion that they're expected to show is basically neutral and angry we'll, we'll get offhand comments for being emotional in their bouts whether it be crying or even having angry outbursts i've even heard the word unbecoming used in a tournament setting really yeah which is just crazy um so yeah it's definitely an issue in, in sports especially have you um ever felt like these stereotypes affected you in any ways yeah definitely i've found myself at a couple mixed tournaments uh, thankfully somehow they benefited me with people underestimating my ability um because i was a female athlete how did you overcome them i think the real difficulty with stereotypes is that you never really overcome them you just learn to move on from them and and live with them or sort of negate them internally um and that's one of the real dangers is that they're so hard to erase and that's why you sometimes need strong role models that that look like you to show that stereotypes don't have to define you and that they aren't necessarily true that makes sense um how but how do you think we can avoid being affected by stereotypes in general if at all possible i think it's very difficult especially with the subconscious stereotypes because the hardest part is awareness um but once you get awareness of sort of the stereotypes that are affecting you, affecting you, it's easier to sort of self-regulate and say, is that is that me thinking or is that sort of what I think I should be doing or what others would be expecting from me? Like we've talked about, stereotypes make a big impact in everywhere. Is there any way that we can just end them? I don't think that there's any sort of instant solution to stereotypes in our daily lives but i think that one of the best steps forward we can take is seeing more diversity in higher positions often stereotypes are more easily picked up on by the the people that they're affected and that by by having more minorities in decision making positions i think we can find more of those stereotypes being reversed especially in in our our social culture and and media that makes sense. What do you think our next step should be? I think for fencing, the next steps are sort of the ones that we've been taking. Um, by having these sort of councils to bring up their issues and, and the stereotypes that might be affecting them, that's the first step in recognizing the stereotypes and then ultimately addressing them. Yeah, that makes sense. I get that. Um, final question. What is something you want to tell this upcoming generation of girls, including yourself? I would probably say that you're going to make it. There's a lot of changes happening and you're going to be part of those changes. But ultimately, I think it will all work out in your benefit. I like that. It's very moving and empowering. I think that it's so important to hear stuff like this. Thank you for staying after practice and letting me interview. I believe it's important to be able to have a variety of inspiring females like yourself. Girls shouldn't be sorry because we're intelligent, strong, and capable of doing or becoming anything we want. Because at the end, I'm not sorry about who I am or who I became. Like always, stay safe 
and don't forget to slay. Thank you for listening and see you next time on Not Sorry.